You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And y'all, today I have these two beautiful, two beautiful Black women who are my guests today, who are both starring currently right now in Fat Ham at the Public, which is in co-production with the National Black Theater. Let's go. My first guest today. Y'all, this is so exciting because I love to meet new people and both of them on this call. They are so beautiful. I've only exchanged truly a couple of words with the both of them, but already you can I can just feel how beautiful they are from the inside out and their sweet spirits. So I'm so excited to get to know them. Uh, my first guest today, let's see here, Carnegie Mellon Brad, come through. Uh, she's been all over TV, film and theater, performing live from regional houses across the country to Criminal Minds, Pretty Little Liars and Malcolm in the Middle uh, to movies on Lifetime and beyond. Uh, also like low key, she was on Martin, Living Single and a different world. That's so, like, come on, I know if you are watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, I already know y'all know what that is. Help me welcome Nikki Crawford. Hello. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, my next guest, let's see here. She's a Spelman grad as well as American Conservatory Theater grad. We see you. We see you. Uh, yes. An actress, a writer a director, uh, to name a few of her TV credits. She's on Blacklist, Bull, The Good Fight, Queens, Harlem Kitchen, and Snowfall. Uh, and one of her missions is to uplift Black people, especially women. We love to hear it. Please help me welcome Adriana Mitchell. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. How are the both of you? And where are the both of you? I'm in Harlem. Uh, yes. Uh, and I'm doing great. <laughs> Adriana? I'm in the South Bronx right now in my apartment. And I'm, I'm doing good. I feel, I feel good. <laughs> All right. Good morning. I, it's nice to see your bright, smiling faces. Um, Fat Ham, what is it? I have not gotten to see you guys yet because I'm out of town. And as soon as I get back to New York, I get to see it. So what, what is it? Adriana? Um, Fat Ham is a modern adaptation of Hamlet set at a Southern barbecue. Um, Hamlet is a young Black queer um, boy named Juicy who is trying to break generational curses. Um, and so all of the 
the lead characters of Hamlet have been kind of transposed um, to these wonderful black, uh, this black dysfunctional family and friends <laughs> at a barbecue. Um, so it's it's a comedy. It's turning this tragedy into a comedy in the most brilliant way. It's a Pulitzer Prize winner. A Morehouse graduate wrote it, James Imes. And um, we're just thrilled to be a part of it. I love that. Uh, Adriana, when I was looking through your resume, I saw like a lot of Shakespeare on there. Yeah. Uh, have, what has, what like brought your love, to, what brought Shakespeare into your realm? And I was going to ask, is Fat Ham a traditional Shakespeare piece? But he had just said it's definitely not. No, no. Uh, none of us actually speak in verse except Juicy, and he only speaks in verse directly to the audience a couple times. So it's very much like James really grabbed like the bones of the play and then made a new thing, which is why it's so fantastic. Um, I do personally love Shakespeare, and um, I've, I've just always appreciated the poetry and appreciated the heightened language. And my first paid theater gig was was um, Measure for Measure. And so I've always just been open to, you know, getting to play the ingenues, leading ladies and, and get to have that experience of, of, of stepping into those roles because they, you know, can traditionally at a certain point, I think we have much more diverse cast now, but I think growing up, I had never seen a black Juliet. I had never seen a black, any of those things. So it was really exciting to get to you know, slowly through over the course of my career, walk through the canon. So I'm not doing any Shakespeare in this piece, but it's nice that it's still related. <laughs> okay, I, I love that. And also like, I'm thinking back when I was growing up and getting into theater, like I also didn't see a lot of like color in it. Like, oh, that's not for me. <laughs> not realizing that, you know, somebody's gotta be the trailblazer. How about you, Nikki? What, um, have you done some Shakespeare or like, is this your first, what do you think about? No, I have done Shakespeare. Or actually right before this, I did Hamlet. Um, oh. Oddly enough. Yeah. So it was great coming in. I actually played the Ophelia character, which is Adriana's character. Um, what her character is <laughs> based on in this play. So um, I played an older version of Ophelia because she's a young girl. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoy Shakespeare. But you honestly, with this play, you don't have to know Hamlet to enjoy it. Yeah. It, yeah. But if you do, you'll get some of the references, but you'll enjoy it all the same, even if you don't. So it's not necessary. Uh, I love that because I'm like, yes, okay. Not everybody comes from a Shakespeare world, but every time I dip my toes into it, I'm like, this is, this is really, it's great. And I'm, I'm starting to get the hype. Um, Nikki, when I was looking through all of the things that you've done and and um, where you've done them, and I saw a lot of California theaters on. I, I live in LA. I don't live in New York. I came into New York to do this. Okay, okay. I'm from California too, so I'm like, she looks like a California girl. Oh, well, I'm originally from DC, but I yes, I've been living in LA for a number of years. So, what part of LA are you in? Well, I well I live in New York now. I'm currently oh okay, got you. But I'm I'm from Fresno. The um, oh okay. But we love to hear it. I know you got to drive through it to get to everywhere else. But you really do. <laughs> but I went to school at Cal State Fullerton in oh, Southern okay. California. So, oh okay. <laughs> um. Okay. So let's see here. 
Um, question for the both of you. When you are working in theater or television or movies, is there anything that you would not do to your hair? I wouldn't, um, in most cases, I wouldn't color it probably, unless it was a film and I knew that, um, you know, I wouldn't go some crazy color to damage it. That's, I, or like shave it off. I probably wouldn't do that. How about you, Adriana? Um, yeah, I, I would say similarly, I wouldn't want to do anything that would damage my hair. Like I would, if there was a desire for my hair to be straight, they'd have to give me a wig because I just think my hair cannot take, I have, among my hair is not heat trained. I haven't put heat on my hair in years. Um, but I, um, I also feel like anything that would be damaging or have to be upkept in a way that I don't normally keep it, just give me a wig, give me some pieces, give me, you know, so that's really my thing. But I, I actually wouldn't mind for the right thing, shaving it off because my hair is so short already and it would grow back how I like it. Um, if my hair was longer, I would absolutely not cut it. But um, I cut my hair off four years ago and I've been, I've been playing around with wanting length, but I, practically it just is just easier. I actually just literally came from the barbershop, which is why I look crazy because he literally threw water in my hair so that it wouldn't look like the haircut. Um, but I love my barber because it's so hard to find a barber who understands like I want to look feminine, but I like my hair short and he blows my hair out and he, oh, there's noise everywhere. Um, <laughs> he blows my hair out and give me one second. I'm so sorry. I'm going to just tell him that he needs to lower his voice. So sorry. <laughs> no, that is, that is so real. And I'll wait for her to come back. But okay. I, I wonder, like, I just feel like the rules are, are different for TV. And so that is what I'm so curious about. Oh, please keep going, Adriana. Yes, yeah, so sorry. Um, we just have a lot of noise today. <laughs> I don't really know. It's what New York, are. don't worry about uh, it. <laughs> it's New York City. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, he blows my hair out. He, I, I, you know, I tell him where I like to lay my edges so he doesn't cut there and he leaves my, my sides. And, you know, so it's just like, a, a good barber who listens is really hard to find. Um, and so when I f actually find them, I'm like, oh my God, you're the person and that's it. So I actually yeah. didn't mind cutting my hair off for a, for the right thing, not for anything, but for the right thing, I wouldn't mind doing it like a shade because it could grow back. Okay, controversial question. Mm -hmm. What if the coin was right? Nikki, would you dye your hair pink for a million for 10 okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Shave it too. <laughs> You're like, yeah, give me the laser. I'll him myself. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Look, You're like, if the yeah, coin is right, because you could, you could fix my hair, you know, after that with that kind of money, you know, exactly. you, could, you got money to pay me that, you got money to, you know, get somebody to fix it after. But like, <laughs> with, for Adriana, like, I've, been natural since 2018 too and it was so hard to put down my hot comb because 
I'm so used to just straightening my hair every week, mm-hmm. every other week since fourth grade. That's just how I was raised. And mm-hmm. um, but I literally went natural because the girls in my dressing room were all natural and they were all talking about it. And I was I, I wanted to be in the conversation. Like I was I, just, I had FOMO. I, I went natural out of FOMO. But <laughs> so straightening your hair after not doing it for so many years, would you do that if they were like no, because it just wouldn't look. I just really feel like whatever they would want to do to my hair, they could accomplish with a wig. I right just here. think my hair, and part of the reason why it's short is because my hair is just very fragile. Um, mm-hmm. Even when it was longer, it was kind of fragile. And so this really is about health and maintenance and practicality. And because my hair is so short, wigging me is so easy. So I would probably still not agree to that. It would, cause it's just, there's just too many practical solutions to achieving that look without actually straightening my hair, mm. you know? Okay. What about when you guys are, if you, okay. When you're getting ready for a red carpet or fancy date night or anything that feels important what is your go-to? And I might, I might be able to guess yours based on your last answer, Adriana, but maybe not. What is your go-to? Oh, I need this. Whether it's a brand of weave, brand of wig, whether it's a, a stylist that you're like, oh, let me grab my, what is it that you're like, I got to get right for this red carpet? I'm looking for secrets so that I can Google it and order it myself. That's really what I'm asking. I just learned about heat-free hair. I'm so excited. <laughs> what, what type of hair? I'm sorry. It's it's called heat-free hair and it looks good. Oh, I it's like a, it's 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 uh is it like a uh, there pieces or there's pieces and there's wigs and it is it's just so expensive, but I'm like, it makes sense because my friends who wear it, I'm like, oh, I think I've, I've seen, seen free you. hair. It's I think called I've heat seen it. free, heat free. So that means you can't put a like curling iron or something. On. Oh no, you can. I don't know why they call it heat free hair. It's like natural. It so looks you can like be heat free on your hair and wear. Oh, that. got you. Is got that you, why got you. it's called heat free. <laughs> yes. I don't know. So weird. please, what is y'all's go to? I don't have a particular go-to. I mean, because each event is different and each look is going to be different. So, you know, I put pieces in my hair and, you know, um, yeah, I think it just all depends. I I love wearing my hair back. Fortunately, it looks good, but it's also easier, you know, but if I have somebody, you know, dressing me and styling me then you know I'll use pieces but I don't use anything I don't have a particular brand or you know company that I use it's just whatever you said I woke up like this yeah. I'm just <laughs> you are like I'm looking at you I'm like dang it Nikki is so freaking beautiful I'm like please like, tell like me what. she's like, like oh this whole thing oh no. my goodness like I looked tired. I was like before I logged in. Uh-uh. You know, you're so smart. All I have is sunscreen on boo. It's oh, no. All I had time for. <laughs> you you um, could do that at your age. <laughs> oh, Nikki, stop it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've always aspired to do the whole glam squad thing, but I'm good. You know, I'm excited to do that. Like I've been manifesting, like 
oh, well, I'm going to get a job where I'm going to be able to hire a PR person and hire a glam squad and have that first red carpet experience. And at which point I would love to play like and see what they could do with my hair, hair pieces, all that good stuff. But when it's me styling myself, the shortcut, I mean, people still love it. It's, it's boring to me because I've had it like this for about four years now, but or four or five years now, but you know, I give myself a little part. I lay my edges. I make sure my curls are popping and I'll be looking good. And I, and you know, sometimes I've, I've been experimenting more with wigs. So I have a, a, um, eye part wig where it literally like, I can pull out a little bit of leave out and just kind of blend it with my hair and it clips into my, um, it clips into my hair. And then I literally blend just like a little bit of leave out out and I'll wear that. So that's a new addition to my Come repertoire on. for self tape and stuff. Just because I think sometimes people get a little singularly minded when they see my hair short, even though this is really like the most versatile right, thing right. in terms of whatever you want a character mm -hmm. to look like. Um, and then I also have a little straight, little straight wig. I love me a box braid every now and again, which I, I'm missing right now because it's the summertime, but I can't change my hair until we close the show. But as soon as we close, I'm about to get me some hang time with some braids. Um, <laughs> but if it's just me yeah. styling myself for an event, I, I feel super confident and love my shortcut. And that's and just go to the barber, get it lasered up. And I feel good with that. <laughs> mm. Oh, there was a question in there that, that came up that I, I'm wondering about, like, I feel like, do you guys, I'm not sure how many times you've done like long contracts. I know you guys have done so much TV and, and, and they'll probably work with what you have, but I'm wondering if like, like you just said, Adriana, you're like, I, I got to get through this run before I can change my hair. Have you guys ever felt that way in other contracts or were you, have you ever been able to change your hair in the middle of contract and for it to work out with the production team? Mm -hmm. Well, um, no, because once it's, you know, the show is set or, you know, uh, the character is defined, whether it be on TV or film, whatever, you have to maintain that look. It's different when you're coming onto a film or television set, you know, you have, hair, makeup, whatever, they can work it out. But if you agree to a particular look, you have to, you know, stick to that. Like, this is not involving hair, but with this production, I wear these really short shorts. And so my legs were really white, white, even though I live in LA. I said, no, well, I'm going to all these legs. I put this tanning cream on my leg every night. And so my, I'm, I'm like three shades darker but the next project I'm about to play, or the do rather, um, the character, she's an octoroon. So I have to like, yeah, oh. like I was already thinking like the summertime's like, wow, you know, I can't get too tan, you know what I mean? Oh. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, all right. I, I, I've done a project where like, um, I got some tights, I won't say which one because, you know, but I, I had to get wearing tights on stage and they gave me colors f full across the spectrum. Some that are not for black people at all. Mm -hmm. And some that are like 10 shades, way too dark for me. And I'm like, y'all, I'm not that one. And I'm not that one. Something like that kind of like, can low key hurt my feelings, but I don't want to. I don't want to be like 
oh, I don't want to be annoying or whatever, but that kind of thing makes me feel not great. And something as simple as giving me a, a, a pair of tights that are my color makes me feel seen. And so my question for you is, for both of you, when you're working on a project, what makes you feel seen? I, I, um, I tend to, uh, I, I guess of late, been really drawn to projects where creative teams would have that level of understanding already. I'm less interested at this point, honestly, in doing a show where I might not have that kind of support. And especially now that there's such a vocabulary for it, there's been so many conversations about it. I don't really have any problem being like, this don't match. <laughs> this is not my color. This is what I need. Cause I went through this, I did a production of Noises Off and I played this character, Brooke, who runs around in her little, in this little red nighty, And she has this British accent and she's traditionally this blonde character, right? So they obviously didn't make her blonde, but like, you know, she has a kind of ditzy, fun, comedic a, 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 um, thing to her. And so for the marketing, they decided to use her leg because she's kind of like a little sex kitten who pops around in and out of doors and it's like a, a farce. And so in the, in the marketing materials, her leg is popping out of the door. And that was the picture that they chose to use for the, um, to, to, for the show, right? But then I looked at the leg and the leg was white. And I said, well, it was kind of tannish and depending on the light, it looked like they had like kind of outlined it with tan or something like she was a tanned white woman leg. But I was really offended by that because I was like, you knew you all were casting me. Why are you afraid to advertise this show? That's gonna be my leg. Like that's, like that's my character. And that's supposed to be representative of me and it's a white leg. Why is it white? Mm -hmm. You cast a black woman as Brooke. And they never changed it, but I think they were like, embarrassed and I was just like why would you do that like or you know or like don't make that don't make that kind of marketing decision until you know you're casting if that was the case so I just think I have no problem at this point I'm like theater is hard especially theater like you do so much work for so I mean little pay and in terms of working six days a week and doing eight shows and you understand and so I think I deserve to have somebody who gives me the appropriate hair products gives me the appropriate tights and, you know, I find nice ways to say it. And I mean, Nikki and I have both been like, okay, this works, this does not work. And, you know, you just gotta deal with it because it's like, at the end of the day, I have to go out there and look like that. And I can't, I have to be comfortable, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, oh my God. Oh, that stops my heart about the leg. Oh. Yeah. What about it's you? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would, oh, I don't know what I would have done. But that's not my leg. You see my, you see my skin. That's not my leg. Mm -mm. If that was middle of the pandemic, I think it would have been a post on Instagram saying question, 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 question mark. Right. But, uh, right. Nikki, what makes you feel seen? I think the same thing. I don't, I don't really, um, You know, I, well, I'll speak on an experience. This is back in the 90s. Um, I, I think film sets, television sets, um, theater houses are more aware of how Black people, people of color have been excluded from mm -hmm. 
the conversation, if you will, you know, I mean, just in terms of being, you know, uh, considered for what they need. Everything has been, you know, it's, it wasn't, it's not the fifties where they didn't have any makeup at all, but there were times in the nineties where you'd go on set and you could actually, they didn't know what to do with, oh my God, with, you know, and I don't, I don't really even, my hair's not that, you know, it's not difficult to manage, but you could tell by just the way they put their hands <laughs> on your head. I was like, stop. Because <laughs> you knew it was going to be busted. You yeah. knew. You knew. And so that, you know, over the years, people have been fighting to have Black stylists or, you know, stylists who knew how to um, you know, do black hair. And it's like black people can do all types of hair. White people need to know that. Period. That's your job. You you so you just do Caucasian hair? That doesn't make sense. So yeah, somebody who knows how to put the proper makeup, because when you're doing television and film, you're you know, you're generally not doing your own makeup. So you want somebody who's gonna put the correct foundation on you and the right colors on you and understands your skin, you know, and lighting, how that's gonna be all, you know, when you're on set and a director might favor the lighting for a predominantly white cast. If you're, you know, if you're darker, if you know, the darker you are, that can have an effect and you might look muddy at the end of the day. So all of that has an effect, so. That makes me feel seen when they consider all of that, when they consider us, you know, and all of that um, that goes into creating a production. I have never thought about that. It's like when you're taking a a cast photo or a a picture with your friends and if you're the only black one in the group, you're like, what filter y'all choosing? (laughs) Right, you know, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Well, white balance was des- was made was like designed. The feature of white balance in a camera was designed off of like a white woman's body. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, I think that people have issues with like interracial couples and taking photos because if the skin difference is too contrasting, the camera literally functionally is kind of racist <laughs> 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 or like just predisposed towards lighter skin. Like, I was just like, that's crazy. Like things were even being invented, like without us in mind. And it's yeah. just like, it's unacceptable because yeah. we, we make money too in this industry, you know? <clears throat> a lot. And you ain't gonna have me out here looking a crazy. A lot. <laughs> You're not gonna have me out here looking crazy. I tell you what. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna ask you guys a couple more questions before I let you guys go. Cause I've, um, I'm so grateful that you've shared your time with me this morning. Um, but I, I am curious to know how you guys feel about the whole COVID, like going back into theater or um, if you're back on set, how do you feel about um, COVID in these times? Do you feel like it's still the plague? Do you feel like it's like a cold now? Are you more comfortable? Are you still like, ah, 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 don't come near here for 20 days, five days? Like, how, what's your comfortability right now? Mm. Um, I mean, I've, can, I've been blessed to work during the pandemic. Um, I actually wasn't sure when I would do theater again, because I didn't know how theaters were going to manage that transition. But honestly, one of the safest places in the pandemic was to be working on set because mm-hmm. 
Mm. It's such an expensive venture. And the last thing you want is to shut the whole production down because someone came down with COVID. So we were testing every other day, like we are on this on this production yeah. as well. And so I felt super safe. Um, and people wore masks and they have zone A, B, C, and it's all like, you know, all of these different things to the point that if I forgot, if they had forgotten to have me schedule a test, they just changed the whole shoot schedule. There was a day where I was like, you know, you all haven't had me test in the last 48 hours. And they were like, oh, we're, we're sending you to Santa Monica to get a test and don't come to set. And then they rescheduled, then they pushed my shoot schedule like two months, which was hard, but it was like, they were paying for my housing, so I didn't really care. I was hanging out in LA and having a great time and quarantining in we'll LA where it. it was warm. <laughs> I didn't mind. But um, yeah, I just felt like in the pandemic, that was where, you know, I think initially it was hard to find free tests and things like that. Working was my access to at least knowing that I was okay. And wow. in terms of theater, like, you know, theater is, especially in New York City, is no joke. They have to make sure everybody is vaccinated and boosted audience members have to wear masks the whole time. They usually have ushers who are watching the audience to make sure they keep their mask on. We test regularly. And we do a lot of stuff in this show where there's like food and eating and touching each other's things and balloons. And so it's very physical, a lot of physical contact and kissing and touching and affection. And, you know, I feel safe knowing that they, they will text you if you have, if you, before, if you have not shown up at the theater and you haven't turned in your test, and so I think there's a really good system um, and I feel safe that I'm vaccinated and I think that's important. And, you know, I want to work. So I think whatever right. the current thing is, I'm about to do it as long as it's safe for me. Um, yeah. Yes, <laughs> I'm that. Got to keep hey, pushing I'm through. I'm trying to work up in these streets, okay? Yeah, yeah. we trying to work. So yeah, that's I how I feel you. about it. I feel the same way. I mean, I'll test every single day when the, you know, when people were considering getting vaccinated, I was like, I'm going to do it. Even if I turn into a, you know, cow, I don't care. Like <laughs> as long as I can work. So sign me up. <laughs> right. Even if I turn into a cow, yeah, sign me up, you know? Yeah. I'm fine with that. But, um, yeah, it, I, I, you know, and I still haven't had it yet. So I'm, you know, it's like kind of, you know, I'm racing to the end, like, please, you know, I'm trying to dodge. You've been dodging stuff. bullets like the Matrix for two years. Look at yeah. you, all the different waves. Girl, that's very impressive. That is it's impressive. We're like in season five of the We pandemic. are. We are. The play. So that's a blessing. And I feel like at this point, uh, most people, when they're getting it it's like it's easier than getting a cold now oh yeah 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 this like this later strain i'm so grateful i didn't get the early strain first one like, yeah. Yeah. Had, i've heard strain. of producers who have passed away like it's really been oh, very yeah. scary like i caught the cute little omicron earlier this year and i was pissed because i was so good and so careful and just caught it and but it was two days i was vaccinated i you know i sat around the house and felt like a little under the weather but it was fine. So it's just, I don't want to catch it again. I want to keep working. <laughs> Let's keep working. You guys, I'm so excited for the both of you. I'm so um, thank you appreciative to get to talk to you both and sit down with you. I'm so excited about Fat Ham. I'm in Cape Cod right now, but as soon as I get back to New York, oh, so nice. I cannot wait to see you guys at the public. It's so yeah. legit. Um, Nikki, before we started recording, you mentioned that you guys got extended. 
Yeah, to the 17th of July. Mm-hmm. The third Ooh. time, third mm-hmm. extension. Yeah. Let's go. Yes. Let's Great. go. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, both of you. How can people find you, follow you? Um, oh, I'm yeah. on Instagram, Nikki Crawford, N-I-K-K-I Crawford, like Joan, C-R-A-W-F-O-R-D 917. And yeah, that's the best way. Yeah, yeah. Same. Right. I'm on Instagram. It's my name, Adriana Mitchell with an underscore um, after that. And um, uh, yeah, I'd be on there. So that's where you can find me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Enjoy the rest of the day. Have a great day. And thank you so much. All right. Of so course. Take care. Okay. Have a great running Cape Cod. Bye-bye. Thank you. Yes. Bye. Bye. That was Nikki Crawford and Adriana Mitchell. Fat Ham has been extended to July 31st, so get your tickets now. And that wraps another episode of Black Hair in the Big League. Y'all, I'm so honored to have such great guests on this show. And if there's somebody who you want to listen to, please drop me a note on my Instagram at Salisha Thomas or at Black Hair Podcast and slip into those DMs and let me know what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave a review, tell a friend, follow us on Patreon at Black Hair in the Big Leagues. Y'all, I am so grateful that you are part of this community. It would not be the same without you (laughs) shout out to wilton music for producing my theme song love cod shout out to colin Tabor for editing this episode and most of these episodes and shout out to you for listening y'all my heart is so big and i feel so grateful (laughs) thank you for listening to black hair in the big leagues i'm your host salisha thomas see you next week Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.